Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> what is up, y'all? It's Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast and Blog. Hope you're doing well, and thank you for listening. Um, kind of back to my regularly scheduled programming here, so I'm doing a Night Below campaign recap today because we did manage to play last night for the first time in a couple weeks um, due to travel and whatnot. But I am putting this up a little bit later in the day because I just hadn't felt that great today. I didn't sleep particularly well. Usually get done, you know, kind of late, a little after 11, which is like late for me. And But uh, I probably should go straight to bed at that point. But sometimes I just have like a little, I don't know, leftover energy or something. Where I stay up a little bit and I've been watching this show. It's been out for a while, but they're recently i think came out with a new season it's called the bridge they made an american remake of it but it's a swedish show it's really good kind of you know cop show uh that is really good and um i had been watching that and ended up getting into another couple episodes of that after the game so and then i didn't i just didn't I think I've mentioned this before, but I've got like an internal clock or something where I always wake up at the same time, regardless of when I go to bed. And that probably had something to do with it. Just it hadn't felt that great. So I didn't feel like doing it in the morning. And so that's why I'm doing it late. But anyway, I'm running the night below box set. It's a second edition era box set, but I use basically first edition and, uh, and a little BX flavor, whatever, all that kind of junk, even 2E, all that kind of mixed together into it, into a big jambalaya of, of Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, if you've listened to these, it's been a while, so you may have kind of forgotten what was going on, but when we left off the last time, a lot of the meat shields had died, but the, uh, the clerics were high enough level at this point to cast Animate Dead, so they... They basically cast Animate Dead on a bunch of the cleric corpses, I mean, uh, meat shield corpses. So now they've got, you know, the party wagon, the walker wagon of uh, of undead henchmen, basically. So they've got this whole zombie posse going on. And uh, they, the most recent events of the campaign as far as like the plot line the the deep gnomes aka snurf neblin had given them a uh an errand to run for them to 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 gain their trust and gain their support as they venture deeper into the underdark and so the task laid before them was to to rid them of these trolls that inhabit these uh nearby caves you know nearby the snurf neblin city maze city and uh the party had been kind of putting this off, uh, fearing that they were maybe not quite ready for it. So they'd been facing the challenges of these uh, humanoids that inhabit these caves, you know, closer to the surface. It's what they've been doing the last few sessions. And I figured that's what they would probably keep doing, but they kind of surprised me a little bit and decided to go ahead um, to the troll caves, uh, you know, in the Underdark, the deep Underdark. And... Uh, Kuiper, who is an NPC ranger, had uh, pledged his support to help with the trolls. So 
it ended up being, you know, quite a large party. It wasn't the full gamut of players. Um, we were still missing Taryn the Ranger and uh, um, Cyril the Assassin. Uh, they, they both weren't there, but everybody else was. So we had five players plus one living henchman plus Kuiper plus five zombies. So... <laughs> quite the quite the group and uh so they made their way back from kuiper's farm to the entrance uh the caves that kind of lead eventually to the underdark area there and they didn't encounter anything on the way spent the night in this uh this old orc cavern where they had routed the orcs several sessions ago uh to go ahead and you know wake up the next morning to go into the underdark it was here where the Snurf Neblin did their whole kind of pop out of the walls deal on them. And uh, Weird Gerald and all the rest of the deep gnomes greeted them and kind of told them where they were going as far as the trolls went. So the way that the Underdark works in this campaign is it's you know huge distances. So you know the scale on the map, you know the DM map or whatever is like one inch is 20 miles. So you're, you're talking about lots and lots of oil getting burnt for lighting lots of food getting eaten you know lots of supplies needed and lots of span you know space for random encounters and uh this is basically more or less the start of the second book of the um of the box set and it really jumps in uh difficulty here uh you know gone are the days of a you know, handful of orcs here, whatever else. Now we're on to some, some difficult creatures. And, you know, a lot of the party is fifth level with a kind of a third level mage and maybe a smattering of, I think maybe everybody's fifth at this point, except for the mage. But even then you're talking about some characters only with 20, you know, 20 something hit points or whatever. So a lot of these creatures that they're encountering now are very difficult. And, um, the, the encounter, the random encounter die chance changes to a one in six. And they've got like two checks a day they have to make. And then I was doing three overnight checks. I'll probably just switch that to just a one overnight check. Um, not necessarily out of mercy, but just because it, it's a, uh, there's just a, it's just a lot of possible random encounters, I guess is what I'm saying. Now, as far as the tables go, they're adequate, not great. There, there are, you know, wandering monster tables provided for this, uh, but they're not horrible. They're not, you know, su su uh, you know, uh, wonderful or anything. They're not super detailed, but, um, but they're pretty grim as far as <laughs> the possibilities go. They do have like an upper cavern and a lower cavern sort of distinction. And basically anything within 30 miles of uh, the entrance to the Underdark is kind of considered the upper. So, you know, the encounters are, are less brutal up there. But once you get into the lower, uh, it gets brutal. And um, the, the, ca the caverns in the Underdark goes on for, you know, hundreds of miles. So it's not long before you find yourself in the lower caverns. So as they followed along, they, they did have an upper, kind of upper section encounter. 
and it ended up being a couple of hill giants. So it was like right from the get go, uh, you know, for, they went from fighting hobgoblins to a couple of hill giants. So um, it went it went pretty well for the party though. I rolled a lot in the hill giants, despite having a decent Thacko, missed quite a bit. But they still, when they when they landed with their uh, <laughs> you know, whatever tree trunks they're carrying around. It's pretty sickening thud as they, uh, you know, they hit Marcos one with a, you know, sickening thud for like 15 damage or something, you know. But other than that, the party whittled them down and, and, and defeated them. Um, they didn't end up being, you know, like, it wasn't like their lair down there or anything, so they didn't really have any treasure. But probably the only other highlight of that combat was the one of the... Uh, zombies on a crit from the from the hill giant got his head knocked off you know like a baseball you know playing t-ball or something and uh on the crit i had the the head go through the next zombie next to him you know through the stomach of the zombie and take out a couple of zombies at once so a couple of the zombie henchmen went henchmen went down and that's what we were talking a little bit about yeah can you heal a zombie you know not really you know, you might be able to stitch back on an arm or something if it falls off, but you can't really, can't really do much to heal a zombie once it's dead. Um, I mean, you can't just repeatedly animate the dead on something, you know, when it's just, once it's dead, it's considered destroyed, but we were pondering that, one of the, that, that crucial life question for a minute as they uh, ventured deeper. And then here I... I think they spent the night and didn't encounter anything, but then we had a one of the you know the lower level encounters, and this was a creature that's just brutal in first edition. The Roper, oh my god, brutal! You know, ten to twelve hit dice. So the thing, and it ended up being just a ten hit dice one. And I say just a ten hit dice one because Thacko is ten, so. Even if you've got great AC, this thing can hit you. Make six attacks, you know, five to 20 damage per attack. And then it can you know, sap your strength and just, you know, drag you into its mouth and, and, and devour you. And it got initiative and had three of the party tangled up in the first round. And I could just see TPK flashing before my eyes. Which I was really hoping didn't happen, because if we'd had a TPK right there, honestly, who knows, it might have been a, you know, a Roper, that's a campaign killer right there, if the party's low level enough, you know, it's, uh, cause, you know, a lot of them have died several times and started over to get back to this, and if we had, you know, basically a party wipe or everybody wiped out, I'm not sure, they may have wanted to keep going, but it could have, it felt like a possible cam kept campaign killer right there but luckily um, uh, the henchman that was still alive and Kuiper rolled a 19 and a 20 to 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 free them from the from the roper strands and uh, I mean oh, that was the other thing I wanted to mention the roper's got a AC zero so hitting it I mean that some most of them still have thacos of 18 and above you know so just hitting it it would have been ridiculous, but the luck of the dice came through on their side and they were all able to kind of flee the thing. That is the one prayer you've got against a roper is that it, it's slow. But that's a brutal, brutal creature. Like I say, 
could be a campaign ender. But they managed to uh, to get to get away from it through sheer luck of the dice. But I, like I say, I saw TPK flashing before my eyes on that one. Uh, the good thing about a roper, though, is if you beat it, it's almost always in its lair. So, but uh, yeah, so that was sketchy to say the least. And then they had another random encounter heading towards the troll lair, which ended up being a subterranean lizard, which any other night would have been a, kind of a highlight. But after the roper, it was kind of like, yeah, well, I mean, it hit a couple times, but it it was not. Uh, it was just one of them, and it was not uh, didn't threaten them like the the roper did. But who lordy that roper! Um, so basically, it's just a long way to get to the troll lair, and uh, so it's definitely a drain. You know, drains your resources, and then you know there's no easy way back. You got to go back through all these encounter possibilities. And when they got towards the the troll area, they uh, they had cast an invisibility on the thief so that it could scout ahead, which it did. And there's this, uh, this whole, there's like two factions of trolls that are kind of warring or, you know, uh, rivals in these huge caves. And so the scale is really large of these caves. Uh, and so the one, uh, so Puck, the thief scouted ahead and saw that the, the one side, it's like they're, these trolls that have these kind of almost like like a, a baby or something like a little or what are they called like zippy the pinhead like how they have like a little bow on the top of their heads like a little little curly q hair sticking out you know and so all the, the tribe has that kind of hairstyle and uh, they're led by a two-headed troll that uh, female like shaman troll who i just described as just having grotesque, you know, malformed breasts and stuff. And it wears a tiara on both heads made out of human teeth. So, yeah, they got that to look forward to because uh, Puck basically just scouted ahead and, um, and reported back. So next session will be them trying to decide what they want to do because there are like two trolls guarding the entrance, one cavern with six trolls another with four and then another with the the uh the shot the two-headed troll with like you know four sex slaves in there or whatever and so it's a lot and that's just one half of the cavern so we'll see what the, what they do um the one advantage they have is brains you know and uh looking back at the, the session i was you know it was a lot i just kind of random encounter hack and slash type stuff there wasn't a lot of role play but i was trying to think of things i could have done better because you know we hadn't played in a while and there were definitely things i could improve on like i could have done a lot more sometimes when you roll random encounter you know the great thing is it gives you ability to improvise but the other thing is that it's giving you you're not maybe already always ready to improvise and i could have added more humor in with the giant so definitely could have giving them some character as opposed to just being just a couple of giants in the, in the cave, you know? And, um, but sometimes you get just so caught up with, uh, flipping back and forth between books because I was having to look for, dig out Kuiper stats. Cause I probably could have done a better job preparing and putting, uh, Kuiper stats in on his character sheet and stuff instead of just having it just 
you know, buried in one of the Night Below books somewhere. So the combat was kind of a lot of flipping back and forth between Thacko charts, the monster manual, and the Night Below thing to find Kuiper's stats and stuff. So it wasn't really, I put myself in a position where it wasn't really conducive to, to be able to have fun and improvise with the character of the Giants. The other thing that I probably could have done better with, I know I could have done in hindsight, uh, you know, given the trolls, um, incredible smell, you know, ability of, of sense of smell. Um, I could have played up the tension a little bit with the, the dwarf, even despite being invisible. Um, when the dwarf was in the, was exploring their cave, I could have, I should have done something with a sense of smell or whatever, but you know, these were, weren't major things, but I could have brought the, could have brought the stuff to life a little bit better. So that was just something on when I was thinking back about the session that I could do a little bit better, try not to, it wasn't, I was rushing, but I was a little harried, um, going back and forth between all the books and everything. I was trying to think if there was anything else, you know, it was really just getting together and making it to the troll cave, but there were a bunch of encounters that kind of sucked the time out of the, out of the session and a blow by blow of combat is not always exciting to listen to. So this isn't isn't a super long recap, but it does, uh, it was one of those sessions where it's setting you up for what has to happen next. So like I mentioned, they're, they, they've got the advantage of brains over the trolls, but, uh, it's, it's, we'll see what happens. Um, it's going to be challenging and they know that hell it's going to, it would be, even if they just decided screw this and wanted to leave, it's going to be just challenging to get out of the underdark at this point. So, <laughs> uh, this could have very easily been a campaign ending kind of session that roper um but that's how the random dice fall sometimes anyway we're looking forward to getting back into it next week um and we'll see what happens i know that cast the fighter won't be here next week so the party uh they're gonna have to just use their brains and get creative but that's kind of what old school D is all about in a lot of ways so anyway Hope y'all are doing well. Hope y'all had a good weekend. Um, next you'll hear from me is going to be the hump day blogorama. I've been reading through some stuff uh, all through the week already and uh, found some good stuff. I got a few more days left to kind of compile as, as much cool stuff as I can and sift through it and try to put some awesome stuff together for y'all to look at. And, uh, I know I got a brutal week of work ahead of me. I have to be honest, but I'll just put my head down and get through it. This shall pass. So, uh, anyway, I appreciate folks listening. Thank you to folks that are backing me on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash thought eater, only a dollar a month. If you want to support the stuff I'm doing, um, message me on the anchor app, send me an email froth soft froth SOF at gmail.com. Check out the blog, Thought Eater blog, frostsoftdnd.blogspot.com. Feels like I'm forgetting some, maybe something that happened from the session, but I've got this little headache behind one of my eyes, and I'm not even going to try to pull it out of the the old cranium right now. I'm just going to wrap this weekend up and get ready for work. So 
I'll talk to y'all next time. See you later. Logan, let's do it. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade. Zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater gonna blow your mind. Boom, 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 boom,